God does things in ways that move us in ways that he knows we're not going to move without those things. We're just simply not going to move. And, and in the moment, it feels painful. It is painful. But looking back, it's, it was the most gracious thing he'd ever done is to burn my house down. Hey, I'm Nick Offenkamp, and you are listening to Gospel Stories, a podcast that shares the stories of Cities Church members as they recount their experiences of God's grace in the midst of various trials. In this episode, I'm pleased to sit down with my friend Joshua Wettstein. Joshua is a church planting guru. He's helped church plants all over the Twin Cities and beyond. Joshua also rides the coolest Harley-Davidson I have ever seen, and depending on the time of the year, rocks a pretty incredible beard. In this episode, he shares some of the really intense ways, frankly, that God met him through various trials and how Jesus became more real to him through the things that he and his family suffered. I really enjoyed this interview, and I'm excited for you to hear it. You got four kids? Do, yeah. Four, 19, 15, 12, and uh, the three-year-old, King Abraham. Man, King Abraham. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking a little bit yeah. about King Abraham. Yeah. King yeah. Abraham is King Abraham because he gets he calls Josh shots. and Becca 4.0. That's, right. You know, That's like, right. He does, yeah. <laughs> poor Reagan, she got Josh and Becca oh, 1.0. Yeah, poor Alyssa, she got... Uh, Alyssa, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, our oldest, she got the 1.0 and... She, uh, yeah, by God's grace, you know, through many, many mistakes, she's normal. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and our goal was to have whatever normal means, but our goal was to have normal kids and not yeah. so uh, damaged by our young, <laughs> young, poor parenting. So, yeah. well, I know your kids, man, and uh, they're wonderful. You got a wonderful bunch. So, yeah, thanks, God man. has been incredibly gracious. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, man, you're one of the, one of the very few in the membership at City's Church who has uh, endured the, the teenage years. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, they're the still pack. an enduring, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like uh, being on this side of it, having, I guess, essentially three teenagers now is when, when, as a young parent, I remember when Jonathan, my eldest son, but he's 12, he was Abraham's age and his one of his sisters had won a cheerleading competition. They had the like the classic hands in the air trophy. Yeah. He climbs up their dresser, holds this thing, jumps off, and the hand goes up in his nose oh as he lands. Gosh. And <laughs> as terrifying as that seems, it's pales in comparison to when your kiddo at eighteen gets on I ninety four with a sure. with a vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a different level of it really is. It was yeah. like a whole new deal. And uh, just of trust and prayer. How many times I've prayed, Lord, please let her get to work and back. I mean, constantly, yeah. seriously. And I yeah. imagine when they get older, it'll be an even another, you know, another level when, when husbands and wives and their kids get involved. And yeah, uh, man, I, uh, I am not ready for that yet. <laughs> so I'm I don't so think you're glad. ever really ready. <laughs> yeah. It just happens. Yeah. It's like yeah. the roller coaster. It's the clink, clink, clink. It's like, man, is, was this a good idea? Well, you're on. You're, yeah, you're going exactly. down this hill. Exactly. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that's well said. How long have you been married now? It, it will be 20 years this April 1st. Praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. We got married on April Fool's Day so that I could remember the date. 
That, that, it <laughs> that sounds like out? a joke, but that was almost 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I never forget it's April 1st. It's that's April good. Fool's Day. And so, so it's coming this, up, man. It is. Yeah. This yeah. year, we are actually, Lord willing, we're going to go spend our, not our 20th, but we're going to celebrate our 20th in Ireland in, in uh, late oh. August. Yeah. Oh, nice. For, Have for, you been over there before? No. Or what's the connection? No. Well, there's a couple of things. So we spent, uh, 2017, I went to London, loved it. Yeah. 2018, I went to Jerusalem, loved it. Yeah. And we just said, you know, cause part of my role is I'm a missiologist. So I'm a church planning guy, cultural leadership. It just sort of married up that I had, we looked at the camera like I've been overseas the past two years in some really cool places, learning about church planting. Well, let's go to Ireland. We already wanted to go there, but it's also the least reach uh, English speaking nation in the world. Yeah. And uh, Acts 29 has got some great things going on over there. In fact, I have some friends over there right now uh, looking and in, in exploring church planting, but that's plus it's beautiful. Yeah. And so that's where it came about. Man, that sounds yeah. like an incredible time. Yeah. It, I hope it will be. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a t- I'm not a big fan of flying. And so uh, it'll be, it's always good for my faith to do things like that. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit too, then just about your current role and what you're doing for work. Yeah. So I oversee the care and strategy of church planting for, um, the, the Southern Baptist convention, NAM, SIN network for Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, previously did that most specifically in the twin cities mm-hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed it. Never, uh, intended to be in that role. Um, in fact, we came to the Twin Cities from Louisville just to be inner city public school teachers. Oh, wow. I, uh, we both have masters in education, mine's special ed and, yeah. and hers is math. And so that's, that was our goal. Like we had been in seven, I'd been in retail for 17 years and yeah. uh, I just wanted a change. I'm a lifelong Vikings fan. So uh, I knew Minneapolis had a top five public school system. And so um, that's why we were coming up here. Man, the Minnesota Vikings in the public school system or uh, what, what drew you guys up here? That's uh, yeah. It's painful. It's, it's all like, it's one thing to be disappointed hundreds of miles away. You can sort of walk away from it, but uh, I can't tell me times I've sat in the stadium and it's that long pause after the game, just sort of hundred yard stare or thousand yard yeah, stare. Of like yeah. What just happened? Holding your head in disbelief. Oh, my, like, well, we went to the Bills oh. game this past year when we were, you know, oh, we're supposed no. to be Super Bowl champs, right? Right. Like, right. And we got just destroyed out. It's like seeing that rookie jump over Anthony Barr. Oh my gosh. Like, it's like, what is going yeah. on right here? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, this is a rough segue, but speaking of trials, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the, the purpose of uh, gospel stories podcast here is uh, it, all of us face trials. All of yeah. us endure various sufferings. And the beauty of the gospel is, is that God meets us in those sufferings with his grace. And so I imagine you've had more profound suffering than just Viking losses, yeah. uh, though there have yeah. been many of those oh, moments sure. in any Vikings fan career. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'd love if uh, you'd be willing to to share with us just yeah. one of those times or seasons of life that that you've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it can be hard to narrow it down to one since I'm my own source of my greatest suffering. Sure. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah, like, and yeah. so, but you know, one of the it's things well that I think our entire world orbits around in terms of our family was, um, so I kind of give you some of the backstory and then kind of uh, take you to this point, which was, uh, really life altering. It's something we, 
we still talk about, we still think about so much was happening in this time. But so I, you know, out of high school, I went to the Air Force, worked on U2s, TR1s, big long black spy plane, hmm. uh, 1968 Gary Powers was shot down. It's not the coolest spy plane. It's not like you think uh, SR-71, like that's really cool. Sure. This was the the clunky old <laughs> fly really high, like, uh, it, it, but it was, it was cool. So, so from there I came back home and uh, got right into retail. Yeah. You know what I wanted to do? So I actually went to work for Sam's Club mounting tires and by God's grace worked my way up from mounting tires to overseeing nine stores, two in, two in Georgia and, and seven in South Carolina. Wow. And so the scene there is I spent 10 years with Walmart because as a regional director, you're a employee of, an employee of Walmart instead of Sam's Club, Walmart okay. owns Sam's Club. But in, in this whole scene, it was um, imagine a 28 year old kid with a company car, a company credit card making six figures uh, and, and it was, it was, we wait, we wasted so much money, <laughs> but in the midst of this, I remember, so we had just, we would just go on shopping sprees and just like, there was just not a lot of substance mm. to our lives. Mm. And at the time I was a Sunday school director and a deacon in a local church. And yeah. uh, I remember coming home one day and we had so funny. We had, we just went on another spree at target, like we shopping spree yeah. and we're sitting in the living room and all of a sudden we heard this explosion. It was the first home we'd ever bought. It was right outside of Columbia uh, and just heard this explosion. It sounded like somebody hit a transformer. So that's what we figured it was. But it was so loud and so close, we like got up to try to see what's yeah. going on. So I run outside and in and, and these old like so South Carolina style houses, you'd have this garage as an overhang, but it wasn't necessarily closed. Okay. So overhang, but connected to the house. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it was raining and I look outside and I noticed that uh, on the, the back of my truck, there was like just flames. And I'm like, what is that even? They didn't even make sense. They didn't even register. Like, did my truck blow up? Like, what's happened? And I look over, and what happened was the, the day before this Sunday, on a Saturday, I had cleaned up for my oldest daughter, who's 19, which at this time she was five, turning five. Yeah. I cleaned up the yard. And in a rush, I'd sort of thrown everything into the, the, the sort of the storage room connected to the house. Yeah. What I didn't realize is there was a gas can in that room that I knocked over. And our water heater was in that room and it was on the floor. It wasn't oh grandfathered in. We have like this 18 inch platform yeah. sitting right on the floor. And it took a matter of a day for the gas to trickle out and hit the pilot light. And when it hit the pilot light, the hot water heater blew up through the roof. We had a whole, after every, after the fire department, everything, you can see the hole in the roof, but it, it we had an open gas fire. And you oh can't put gosh, those things out. Man, no. And so it's raining outside. Our house is on fire. Our our kids at the time just uh, was the, I think it was just the two girls. We definitely didn't have Abraham. And I, we, if we had Jonathan, we may. My wife's going to kill me that I can't remember. <laughs> but if we had Jonathan, he was very small. And so I remember like running inside, telling the family, you've got, we got to get out of the house. And I remember running to one of the most distinct moments about this, because let me give you a little bit of backstory to this being with, being with Walmart was, it was a lot of fun, made yeah. a lot of money, but I'd gotten the sense that God wanted me to do something like God was calling me to do something different for him. Mm. Take these skills of not necessarily so much business, but operations, take these strategic and operational skills somewhere else mm. and do something else for him. And I remember driving to work one day and just being honest with the Lord and saying, Lord, um, I sense what you're doing. I mean, just to have an open conversation, I sense what you're doing, but I'm going to be honest with you. I am not going to be able to give six figures up. 
So Lord, what I need, because I came from the world of the way you really showed your, your manliness was you went to work and you worked 14 hours a day and you brought home the loot. Yep. And that's all it was. Yep. And once you got home, you sat on the couch because you'd done your part. Yeah. And that's sort of, and, and that's not really a, a blight on that. That's just kind of how we were all raised <laughs> in, in that culture. And so I remember thinking, Lord, if you want me to do something, you will have to take, and I wasn't being arrogant about it. You'll have to take everything I cannot freely give. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not going to be able to walk away from a hundred thousand dollars a year with a bonus of, I remember one bonus was like $32,000, <laughs> just like dumped right into your account from a bonus. And so that was a week prior to our house exploding. And so, so we're sitting there and I'll never forget. So kids are getting out. The fire is just like, it's crazy. It's like an open gas fire devours quickly. Yeah. And so I, the only thing I think is I ran to the backyard, you know, fire water. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. And, and that would actually made it worse. Yeah. So I go back, I grab the hose pipe, jump over the fence and, and I turned it on, you know, it's a nice stream. And as I went to put it on the fire, something kinked and it was just drizzling out. But with the gas fire, basically what I had was I had this scene where here I am trying to put this fire out. My kids have run to the end of the road. The fire is now billowed up over my head and I have fiery water around my feet. I'll never forget this. And it's one of those things where God certainly wasn't speaking audibly. But when you get the depth of his voice in your soul that's saying something that's that's undeniably him, it, it was this, you're not in control anymore. I, I'm in control now and uh, I'll mm-hmm. never forget that. And at that moment I was like, I threw, cause, cause I mean like I'm nearly on fire at this point. Right. I threw the hose pipe and the only thing I could think of was like, okay, I don't know how insurance works. So we at least got to have somewhere to sleep. I got to get the car, the truck. We had a Dodge 1500 quad cap. Yeah. So being a typical guy, like when I come in, I shed my wallet and my keys in 10 seconds later, I have right. no idea with it. Right. Right. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I run, I can't run in this door. It's on fire. And so I had to run around to the front door, the door that the kids came out and by God's grace went right to the keys. Yeah. Now that sounds juvenile, but I'm serious. Like went right to them, got them, ran out, put the kids in the car Two alarm fire. Uh, they had it put out uh, pretty quickly, but at the end of it, it was 144,000 in structural damage mm-hmm. and uh, just obliterated the whole thing. But what was amazing about that is not only that moment where God says, you're not in control anymore, I am. And it was based off, I think, that prayer. Right. In fact, looking back, I know it was based off that because yeah. that led a series of events to where I eventually transitioned to Lifeway. Uh, that's what God was was wanting me to do. It transitioned our family to Amarillo, then Gastonia, then Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky eventually here uh, in the Twin Cities. Without that fire, uh, and I remember... I hear, oh, oh, yeah, now I remember. Jonathan wasn't born. Here's why. So it gets better. So uh, it turns out State Farm is great insurance. Like we had no idea like how this all works. And I'm sure there's others that are great. But so State Farm put us in a hotel. They took care of us. Yeah. So we're sitting in the hotel that night. Our house is just burnt. We have no, all of our stuff, right, in the attic, all gone. And so we don't have any idea how any of this works. And my wife goes in. So we're, me, Reagan, Alyssa, watching SpongeBob SquarePants on the uh, the hotel uh, <laughs> TV. And my wife comes out of the bathroom and is just staring at me. And I'm like, well, I've only seen that look two, two other times. And uh, she said, hey, I just took a test. And she's like, I'm pregnant. So we house burned down. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And then that night, not made up, 
that night, someone wakes up like at five o'clock in the morning at the hotel and burns a waffle. All the alarms go off. And so, you know, PTSD is like not even had time to settle in right. yet. And, and I like jump up out of a fury Freaking and it's out. like, yeah. and then you sit there and you're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? And I think, mm-hmm. I think God, God does things in ways that move us in ways that he knows we're not going to move without those things. Yeah. We're simply not going to move. And, and in the moment it feels painful. It is painful. But looking back, it's it was the most gracious thing he'd ever done is to burn my house down yeah. uh, through my stupidity. I remember telling the fire marshal, because I'm like ridden with guilt, because I, I know I get an idea of what's happened here. And I, I tell the fire marshal, I was like, hey, listen, I just want to be honest with you. I think I burned this house down. <laughs> and he kind of looks at me and I tell him a story. He's like, listen, 95% of house fires are for, from stupidity. You're okay. <laughs> and as, as, as the, the worst he does is call me stupid. I'm okay. You're like, with that. all right, <laughs> all right. We, but I just felt like I was like, I don't know. I've watched enough CSI to know yeah. like they might come. Am and I think, an arsonist? Oh, no, right? Like, what did I do here? Yeah. And sure. um, and so, but that that whole series of event led to the reconstruction of our house, which had eventually led to the selling of our house, which eventually led us uh, all the way to here. Yeah. And uh, to be in a world where these skills of operation and strategy I use with Walmart, uh, the skills that I learned at Lifeway have now been put into great use to be able to care and love on church planters and their, and their families. And, um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was super challenging though at the time, you don't know what, what is going on. Yeah, man. And just to watch it burn. Yeah. And, and and then the aftermath of, well, what did we have and what did it, what was it worth? And, um, just walking through that whole process was a, was a long process. Yeah. It's such a dangerous prayer to pray. You know, it's, it's always those prayers yeah. of like, Lord, humble me, yeah. Lord, you know, you got to take it from me. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just like, yeah, he pretty much always answers those but, prayers. In fact, it, it, it's like you, you can think they're dangerous until you've gone, then you, till you've prayed it and he's actually done something. And then the second time you feel an inclination to pray such a thing, and you know, that inclination is coming from him. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying because you, you know, that that's, you know, it was, I, I think it was recently, I can't remember the whole scenario that I just was just praying, Lord, you know, there's some, I I don't remember what the specific prayer was, but it was very similar. And I was terrified to even pray the the prayer. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, um, not like it has some sort of mystical power. It's just like, uh, when you, when you pray something, uh, led by the spirit from a humble heart, God sets about doing those things in a way right. that uh, can be painful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a kind of a surprising thing that you said in there. The most gracious thing that God has done is burn my house down. Yeah. I get weird looks sometimes when I, when I've told people that. It's <laughs> I like, bet you do. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, I mean, just go into the old Testament, you think about the most, one of the most gracious things that God ever did was have Jonah tossed overboard. Yeah. You know, one of the most, the, the, his grace, he defines it. And, um, and so suffering isn't just, um, an aspect of it is part of it. Like these things are all, these things are all embedded in this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's hard for our human sensibilities to reconcile that, but to have, it has to be reconciled. And the only way it can be reconciled is you're walking in life with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you think about those who uh, we've had friends who've lost children before, Mm-hmm. And for me, I think, I don't know how I could even 
I don't even know how I could deal with that. Yeah. And good friends of ours who uh, who lost a child, you know, they tell the story of you know God just he had a special grace during that season, and uh, for them, and and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's gracious, you know, because we could have drawn on in the climb the ladder, corporate ladder, materialism, um, you know, buying things and and one up, and and He graciously didn't allow us to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So one of the questions that I always ask, and you've touched on this a bit, uh, but th- through it all, how did Jesus become more real to you and to your family? Yeah. I think, I think he came, became real, mm. you know, it, it, like it, not that he wasn't real before, but you know, one of the things I've prayed for, I'm, I'm 43 now and I've been a Christian for some time. And just this year, you know, it's, it's like, and I'm in part of it's probably that I've been married for 20 years too. My wife are very intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. We're best friends. We know so much about each other. Yeah. And I got to this phase in my, my life this past couple of years that I felt like as, as much as I've walked with the Lord, I felt like we should be closer. Mm-hmm. I felt like we should be more intimate and we've gone through some, like some pretty hard things. And so that's actually been one of my prayers is to, you know, be more intimate with the Lord. Like, like I want to, uh, feel him and experience him and know him like a father, like a friend. Uh, and that was really the catalyst for that is, you know, when you look back on a moment where you're pouring out your heart to the Lord and he really shows up and he really does these things yeah. and they're not coincidence. Um, he becomes real to the point that he will do certain things, but also now demands that you rely on him in the midst of what he's done. And so he has dismantled our entire life and there's no other place to turn, but to him, he has to be real. Right. Like, right. I need him to be real yeah, right, yeah, you exactly. know, during that. Amen. And so I, I think that's the biggest way. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's surprising to me. Like you were, you said you were serving as a, a deacon and leading Sunday school yeah. classes. And so you were involved, yeah. heavily involved in your local church. Um, so as Jesus became, real to you through this, this trial, through losing everything, so to speak. Um, what were the heart reorientations transformation that you really felt like? How did your perspective change as Jesus became really real? Yeah, that's a good question. And specifically to the point that you brought up with the, the deacon and the Sunday school director, um, I, not for everybody young, they're much more wise, uh, young men than I was, but I was your, your typical, this guy's a business guy. He can obviously be a deacon guy. Sure. And if Walmart trusts him, huge accounts. Yeah. Then we we probably can too. Yeah. Yeah. Which couldn't have been further from the truth. Mm. It could not have been further from the truth. And I think with churches that I work with now, um, many of our younger churches don't experience this, but some do. But a lot of that that older mentality was to, you know, if he can operate with billions over here on the Walmart side, well, certainly he can help our budget. Certainly he can make these decisions. But they were, they were, they were, these decisions that I was making as a deacon and a Sunday school director were pragmatic, mm-hmm. simply pragmatic. Yeah. And they, they had very little to do with scripture was with what scripture was actually saying. And so I remember um, some of the decisions that we made were so terrible. And, and because I was a young, influential voice in the room, uh, people were listening, and we made some damaging 
mistakes. We mm-hmm. made some really bad mistakes because it was all sort of that bent. And I remember as God reoriented my heart with these things to look back at that situation, and I should have left all those roles. I should have, I should have, like I was never qualified to do those things. Uh, but you don't know at the time, and sure. uh, you're just seeing things from a purely uh, numbers standpoint. And um, we did some hurtful. Th- I I led some hurtful things. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, that's, that, I think that's the biggest thing in terms of like that specific thing, um, in terms of being a Sunday school director and, and a deacon and just valuing the shepherding of God's people. Mm-hmm. I did not do that well mm-hmm. at all. In fact, did it really bad. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the, now I see it entirely different. Yeah. I remember, especially as I got into the, the, the roles that I'm in, it was always like, because of my status, whether it was in the secular world or whether it was in uh, uh, certain denominational leaderships, you were always sort of hanging out here. And I remember, this is kind of a side note, but I remember when we transitioned to come to City Church, one of the things that I was really passionate about was being under the authority of the local church. Hmm. And I'd never really subjected myself to that. It was always a reason why I wasn't subjecting because I was the leader over here. I was a leader over there. And, um, and I remember feeling that call to say, especially as you have many of these church plants that you need to visit, we, we would, you, you can always justify it by, well, I can't be at church this Sunday. I'm, I got to go visit a church. And I remember God saying, no, you're going to submit yourself to the authority of the local church. And it was a, it was a total mentality shift. And, um, mm. and so, but all that was fruit in some way, directly or indirectly, from this one main situation yeah. in our life. But yeah, yeah, amazing just how that would pay dividends, you know, from from one situation, yeah. fifteen or so years prior, oh, yeah. the way that it continues to reap fruit. Oh, everything still orbits today. around that. I mean, it's like yeah. it was a moment where, uh, and it was also a moment where at this time. Um, and, and they were around in the same year, even after we left, the house was rebuilt. Now we're back at this house. Another pivotal moment was happening. So I remember I'd moved to Lifeway, a transit from Walmart to Lifeway, and I was traveling to Augusta. Never forget, I had um, um, a young, so, so it was cool in Walmart. We would do these morning meetings. You clap, give me a, you know, ask, give me a, it was so cheesy, yeah. but we did it. <laughs> and, um, and so, but now at Lifeway, here we are. I'm, I now get the chance to lead devotions with my staff. It was amazing. Yeah. And I will never forget, I opened up, I think it was like a Blackaby little devotional, Henry Blackaby, and it was Romans 8, 28. Yeah. And I uh, did this devotion and I'll never forget, and Scott, I don't know his last name, but uh, he was uh, one of the assistant managers after I'd done this devotion. He said, hey, um, there's more to Romans 8 than what you, you shared. It was great, yeah. but there's more to it. Would you mind if I shared that with you? What, what? And I was like, yeah, man. Because what, what, what yeah. I'm thinking, you know, I'm always the shot caller in some sort. Sure. Like, hey, yeah, sure. Let's what. And he begins to lay out the doctrines of grace for me. Mm. And it obliterated me. <laughs> really. I was angry. I asked to be transferred from that store. Wow. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was heresy. Uh, because I didn't grow up in that world. Sure. It, it was it was terrible. Sure. So in the matter of a year, it's like your whole life is being dismantled and put back together. And I remember struggling it, through this. And I remember in our new house that you know, had been completely rebuilt. And I'm, I'm looking through the picture window at my window at my two girls. And I, in tears, I'm saying to the Lord, I will not serve a God who would choose me and not them. Mm-hmm. I simply won't do it. And as clear as 
Um, the impression on my heart was with this fire, I got, it, there was another impression that said, well, you won't serve me then hmm. because that's the God that I am. Yeah. And uh, it was that moment where it was like, so the tears stopped, the pain of it all stopped, the grace of God's wisdom through his spirit, it was the issue was settled. This is what scripture said. Yeah. And uh, I remember taking uh, my wife and I was like, hey, babe, I just got to, because she knew I was a wreck for some reason. She didn't know why like, I was a wreck. And I told her, I was like, babe, I got to share these things with you. You know, and mm -hmm. I'm thinking, man, there's no way she's going to believe this. Who in the world <laughs> believes this? This is crazy. Right. And uh, I sat down and said, listen, this is what this guy shared with me. This is what scripture says, babe. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 wait a second. I'm going to need you to like <laughs> Lieutenant Dan this thing. Right, like I right. need you to be, this can't be the case. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and I'm just like, how is it that she just like, and, and it's just the wisdom of my wife just yeah. seeing those things. And I never forget is, so as God, like he dismantled our whole life, put well, put it back together. And as I'm at Lifeway, I went to another store because I didn't want to be at that store anymore because mm -hmm. I thought this dude was a heretic. Mm -hmm. So they moved me to the Columbia store. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm complaining about this guy that has shared these things with me. This young kid, and I, I don't even remember when this was. It had to have been 2003, 2004. And I'm sharing with this young kid, and, and I'm like, man, can you believe that? And and here's what he said. He said, you know, I'll tell you what. I've got a podcast of a guy that I want you to listen to. You just see what you think. His name's John Piper. I never even heard of that dude before. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll listen to it. About that time, we got transferred to Amarillo. And for six months, I remember anytime I was in the store, anytime I was mowing my lawn, I was listening to this message he had just completed on the Book of Romans. Yeah. And I'm listening to this whole thing just being absolutely dismantled and put back together. Yeah. And, and all that came from a house fire. Yeah. And, and, and so then from there went back to Gastonia and uh, from there went to Louisville. Uh, when I was in Gastonia, that was our home. So perfect, perfect situation. You're at home, you're running the store you want to run. Life's good. Let it be done. I get a call and they say, Hey, we got a special assignment. We'd like for you to consider. We're having a difficult time having somebody in this position managing a certain store. Like, well, what is it? We need you to go to Southern Seminary and manage their bookstore. So I said, okay, you know, I'll think about it, that and the other, and, and hoping this whole time that they're going to go to the powers that be and they're going to say, no, 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 we want someone with more theological training and stuff like that. Yeah. I had an undergrad in biblical studies, but that was about it. Sure. And uh, so they called me back and they said, hey, um, thanks for the resume. We don't need you to fly in and meet with Dr. Moeller or anybody anymore. Um, they just want you to come and run the bookstore. <laughs> and I'm like, well, here we go. And wow. so I went and, and spent three years there and running the bookstore. I ended up getting a master's in church planting, uh, cultural leadership. And then from there, we were actually going to come to the Twin Cities and just be public school teachers. We're done with retail. It's over. Want to go to Minneapolis. I've always felt a draw. And one of my professors said, hey, you should think about church planting. And I'm like, he said, I never forget, he said, Nam has this new thing. And uh, and I was like, well, I've never heard of church planting. The only thing I knew was there was this book sort of off in the far corners with this guy with a sickle on the front of it. Uh, and it was, um, I think, Darren Patrick and whoever, like church planter was the huh. name of it. That's all I knew about that. Yeah. And uh, then the rest was kind of history. And we came here, uh, planted a church that didn't all work out, uh, but we had some really good wins yeah. started to oversee at a part-time basis church care of strategy of church planning year that God really started blessing and then did it full-time and now both states and 
Um, all that from the reorientation of our lives that started with a prayer that uh, ended with a house fire and me, my, my Lieutenant Dan moment that God can't be this way. Yeah. In fact, he's exactly this way. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually brings an incredible comfort. No, it uh, does. At the end of the day. Yeah. When it comes to whether it's your house catching on fire or when it comes to the eternal security yeah. of your children. Yeah. You know, knowing that God's heart is bigger than our own hearts. His I affections know. are greater than ours. That oh, he yeah. loves his people, his children even more than yeah than we can imagine. So, yeah. man, um, so if whether literally or metaphorically speaking, someone else at City's Church, they've been praying, Lord, break me. Yeah. Their house catches on fire. Yeah. How do you encourage them? What What do you say to them when they show up here on a Sunday morning? Yeah, it's all on purpose for purpose. It's, it's, it's for a reason. And it sounds kind of cliche, but it is. It's okay. Um, you know, it, it's painful, uh, but the dismantling of our lives is such a necessary component to make us who God wants us to be. Yeah. And sometimes he, like he knows us. So there's, there's a guy over here who hasn't been through nature and nurture, put in a situation where he needs deep dismantling. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. His story is grew up a Christian, loves the Lord. You know, the guy over here needs deep dismantling, like for, at his very core, at his essence, it's going to look a lot, a lot more painful. Uh, and I think these things are, are the, the, this is the continuum by which God works out our salvation yeah. uh, for us. You know, it's, it's because I was a kind of guy that, and this is where the prayer came from. I'm not giving this up. Yeah. I've worked too hard. And in and, and my circles, when I finally left uh, Sam's Club, uh, some of the folks that I was around uh, were, thought I was completely foolish. Sure. Why would you give up six figures mm-hmm. just to go work at a Christian bookstore? Mm-hmm. Who on earth does that? It's absurd. And but but that when God dismantles us, we begin to make decisions that seem absurd to the world, mm-hmm. but are right in line with what He wants us to do. And so I would just say to the person who, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but yeah. uh, just it's it's something you need. It's necessary, and and it also um, it also invokes the God that you need and is necessary. Those two things are not out of kilter the pain and the suffering you're going through he's matching it step by step with his grace and his mercy and uh or if it's low he's matching it step by step what we need that's what i would say yeah then i would say you have have a good insurance company (laughs) state farm yeah (laughs) apparently (laughs) evidently this is a state farm commercial that's right (laughs) (laughs) like a good neighbor i know right yeah (laughs) no that's that's that is a good word man and a good encouragement and uh again like I'm just so grateful uh, for it's it's a funny thing like uh, to say I'm grateful for the fire I'm grateful yeah. for the the way that God worked that's the way we that. say it we but, are yeah man I just the the trajectory that it put you on yeah and now the ways that God has used you and your wife and your family for his kingdom purposes yeah. and thinking about all the different church planters and church plants that you've been a blessing to and continue to, to be yeah. a blessing to all the ways that you've encouraged people. And it's like, yeah, man, there, there might not be a six figure attached to, know, to right? that, yeah. but, uh, but bro, there is a, a bountiful 
reward, yeah. both now and we can only imagine what yeah. that's going to look like in glory. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And I'm very thankful for it. But all of it, as hard as it was, I'm very thankful for it. Probably not as thankful as I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, thanks so much for taking the time to to sit down. Praise God for his work in your life. Praise God for uh, your story. Thanks, Thanks for listening to this episode of Gospel Stories. The Gospel Stories podcast is a production of Cities Church. You can learn more about Cities Church and find all kinds of resources by visiting cityschurch.com. We'll be back soon with another story of God's extraordinary grace, so be sure to subscribe to the show. If you are encouraged by this episode, please leave us a review or give it a share so that more folks can hear about the work of Jesus in the life of his people. A very special thanks to Sarah Groves for our theme music. If you haven't heard her album, Abide With Me, you should definitely check that out. And finally, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please head on over to cityschurch.com stories to find our submission form. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back soon.